0: And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 209. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvang, joined now by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hello. Welcome back, you slack and idle thing. Yeah. (laughs) Cutting down trees and
1: stuff. Busy times.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, we are joined as well by our special guest, returnee and friend of the show, Grant McCaig. How's it going, Grant?
2: Cutting down trees. Well, that's that's relevant because it looks like some people are going to get the axe here. <laughs>
1: it does. That's a perfect segue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Grant joins us on a day that, well, on a weekend that I, I think he, he, he nailed it. Shit's getting cut down. <laughs> Can, the Canadians are, it looks like they're going to do some clear cutting here. Um, and... Scott Mellenby is, uh, is out. Uh, Jeff Gorton is probably going to be coming in. So we're going to, we're going to just dig into this and we'll start right off the top. Now, Treg, you had a question for Grant that I think is very, very relevant to this whole situation.
1: Yeah. Uh, where do you feel like the, the Elliot Freeman came out last night and said Canadians were given, uh, by the way, it's Sunday, the 28th. Um, saying that they had permission to talk to to uh jeff gorton uh former gm of the new york rangers but to come in as president of hockey operations why do you think molson i mean obviously him as a gm the language thing is going to be a a thing but why now is molson going with the hockey of operations where i mean he could have done the same thing with bergevin 10 years ago because bergevin was a brand new gm uh why do you think he's going that route now
2: well, after a decade of trying it uh, with him as the president of hockey operations, as I as I posted in a tweet there yesterday, I think four games under five hundred in in those nine and a half years. So obviously, it hasn't worked. So you got to go in a different direction. I mean, I've been I've been harping on it for four four years now that uh, Molson shouldn't be the president of hockey operations. He's got to you've got a full-time gig as a running Molson, you know, like bring in somebody that's going to be dedicating full-time, you know, efforts to, uh, to uh, preside over the hockey operation. someone with, with some hockey background that with lots of connections that can, uh, you know, oversee everything. And I mean, it would have sure would have been handy to have that, that guy, you know, weighing in on a decision on drafting Logan Mayu, And I think that may have been the, the, you know, the the straw that broke the counts back as far as that, that went, where afterwards Molson, you know, it dawned on him. Hey, maybe we should have had that. Maybe we should have had that buffer between me and uh, Berger for that decision.
0: Well, Eric Engels posted a tweet uh, yesterday, I think kind of talks directly to this and it's a quote, from Molson from 2020 and it says I have no intention to hire another president of hockey there are very few teams across the NHL to do so and there are a lot of reasons why Mark is one of the most respected GMs in hockey he's also amongst the most experienced and will continue to report to me he is very very well surrounded by people with a lot of experience including uh, Scott Mellenby, Martin LaPointe and John Sedgwick there is a culture team wide and surrounding Mark to never be afraid to question the decisions we take. So he points directly to the experience that Bergevin has. He, he says that they're, they're a team basically, but if you're going to be moving on from that GM, maybe you go for, you find yourself a new, uh, a new touchstone. That's why he's, that could be why he's looking at a new president. Yeah,
1: sure. I mean, to, to me, it makes sense because it's like uh, it's like Grant said, he got other things that's going on. He can't focus entirely on hockey uh, and you need a guy there, especially a hockey guy with hockey experience to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, advise and guide the GM or help the GM at making the decisions. Um, I mean, I know Grant, you would know more about the Logan Mayu situation and why he was drafted in the first place, but that to me, yeah, that's that came out of left field and it was one of those what were you thinking moments. And uh the, I would assume if you had a president of hockey operation like Gorton or whoever, they probably would have stepped in and said no, we're not doing that. That's that's what I think. Like I don't know how involved Molson is with the draft at all, so I don't know uh how he would have,
2: you know, how that would Yeah, happen. well I think he ultimately left it up to left it up to Bergevin and ultimately that ended up being a mistake. Nobody, they didn't read the room, you know, as far as uh, the way society is, is going these days and, and social media and, and the backlash. I mean, I, I, I could have predicted it. If they'd asked me, I'd have told them, no, this isn't a good idea. So, uh, you know, I think it finally dawned on them that, hey, maybe leaving all of these decisions up to Bergerman, you know. The last ten years, which I think is probably what what went down for the most part. Uh, maybe that maybe that wasn't such a great idea, because that one uh, that one uh, you know the reputation of the club has never been as uh, as uh, tarnished as it was uh, after that.
1: Was that an all bergevin decision? Do you think?
2: Pardon me. Was that an all bergevin
1: decision? Do you think?
2: All Bergevin. Well, like, I you, mean, you know, you with
1: know. Timmons and Bergevin, the scouting staff, do you think they agreed on it? Or do you think it was, this is who I want?
2: This is who we're taking.
1: It's similar to the Louis LeBlanc, Chris Kreider thing with Gainey.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, even that, you know, the, there's differing stories on, you know, yeah. uh, unless you're a fly in a room, who knows exactly what went down? But I mean, I, I you know, I spoke with Trevor. Leading up to the draft, uh, more than once about Mayu and I, you know, he thought he was one of the best ten players in the draft. And his his job, as as he's explained to me, is is to, you know, recommend the, the best possible draft pick, and I'm pretty sure that's who he recommended, and and I was on board with.
0: And, and I don't getting... uh, oh. I, I don't believe that uh, Jeff Gordon would have made a difference in the selection of Logan Mayu. He's the one that brought in uh, Tony D'Angelo to the Rangers, mm. so I mean, well, it's know. it's hard to say that he would say do something different.
2: Yeah, yeah maybe not, but uh, <clears throat> I think it's a little different circumstances with uh, D'Angelo and and uh, and Mayu. Um, you know, uh, I mean that's that's. Uh, And when he brought in D'Angelo, you know, some of the, some of the hijinks that's happened since hadn't happened at that point either. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you're right. We're speculating, but I do think that uh, it's one of the reasons why uh, Molson said, well, you know, I, I made a mistake here and maybe uh, we should have somebody else in place that can take the heat the next time the next time instead of me uh, who knows, but I think you know it dawned on him that okay uh, we we aired there and maybe having one more layer between me and uh, uh, the GM is a good idea
0: and bringing in a president of hockey operations that it's obvious that whoever comes in as the next GM, the remainder of the staff they're gonna to have to fall in line with whatever his vision is for this team and jeff Gordon has a track record where he likes he likes a certain style of young player he likes those um mobile high speed high skilled type of players do you do you think that's going to make a huge difference right away with the canadians or is it going to take a good solid year based on
2: yeah, well I mean it depends on uh what he does with the coaching staff too, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh I yeah, I I think a change in philosophy is needed in Montreal. It's been yeah, the conservative approach for the last decade hasn't really worked. Um going with the veterans over the young players all the time hasn't worked, and I believe Gorton is uh has a different mindset when it comes to that. He's going to I think he's going to encourage uh, giving um, the good young players that, that are high draft picks opportunity, which for whatever reason, Bergevin has, it's almost like he just, you know, uh, why bother drafting them even They're like, cause he, he ends up, they end up burying them. They end up not giving them the opportunity and moving them. Like uh, it, it happened time and time again. Sure back was a great example. I mean, I watched him that that year where he was just running the power play in the AHL. There wasn't a better guy on the power play in the AHL he got called up and he didn't play a shift on the on the power play. And then, you know, oh well, you can't, you know. Board battles. Well, who cares about board battles if you're setting everybody up on the power play? They need they they've had the worst power play in the NHL, 29th worst under Bergevin since he came in. And he never, you know, it it seemed like it was never, he kept bringing in conservative coaches that didn't want to, didn't want to give rookies and young players an opportunity when it wasn't working. The team, you know, even when the team like this year, five and 15 and you're putting, you keep trotting out Sherratt and Petrie on on the power play. Ben Sherratt has one power play point in his career and instead of Norlander, who great in the SHL the last two years when he played in the power play, never given him an opportunity, I think finally it's dawned on Molson that, hey, this isn't, you know, fans have had enough. He, he's even had enough. It's time to go in a different direction where you, you embrace the young players that you draft. You give them opportunity. If they fail, fine, but you give them opportunity. And Bergman, for whatever reasons, you've got to. Uh, it's always um, you know the guys that he brings in in free agency, the guys that were never drafted, that are never going to develop into top six guys. They get the they get the opportunities, they get the ice time, and the young high drafted players either sit in in the AHL, they sit in the stands or they're fourth liners. Like and it's happening again with palin you know. Galen's looked great since he got called up. <laughs> what did he play again last night? Eight minutes with, with pluggers, like air. 952. You know, uh, Armia is doing absolutely nothing. And you stick them with Armia every friggin' game. Like, it's just so frustrating. And I really hope that getting in Gordon, who, you know, uh, New York g- you gave opportunity to the young players right from day one, they put them in top six roles. And I think he had a lot to do with it. And I think there will be a, that change in philosophy in Montreal. And it's long overdue.
1: Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I was just researching Gordon. I'm going to write an article for the hockey Writers about him. And I didn't know this, but his four-month internship of GM of the Bruins, he pretty much built their championship team in that four months. He drafted uh, Marchand, uh, Brad Marchand, Blue Phil Kessel, and uh, Lucic. Chiefs. Blue Chiefs. He signed uh, Chara and Mark Savard and he traded uh, Raycroft for two Rask all in those four months. Yeah. Now, if you go back to their championship run, they were all the players that got them to the championship run. Uh, and then they replaced him with Peter Chiarelli and we all know how that kind of worked out. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So this guy has a history. Same with uh, in New York. He drafted some of the better players. He was involved with the drafting of some of the better players they have. He brought in players to help those uh support cast to help those uh younger players bring them up and uh, i agree completely with you grant yeah yeah but all
0: that all that's all well and good but where are the rangers right now
1: (laughs) Well, the rangers are well he said top of the standings and he said to the fans we're going to do a rebuild and the owners didn't like that and there here we are (laughs) but uh, i agree with grant Uh, montreal gets these young players and i thought dom Ducharne would be different I thought he, I seen him, we seen him here in Halifax. We seen, he was a good coach for the players here, but mind you, he had a pretty stacked team as well. But, uh, and I thought here we are Cole Caulfield. He's going to get, you know, whether he's, and I don't think Cole Caulfield played bad in the 10 games that he was before he went to Laval. I don't think he played bad. He wasn't hitting the net or his stick was a little tight, but I don't think he was playing bad hockey. He goes to Laval as soon as he gets his confidence up, they bring him back up and he's playing 10 minutes. I think it was on the third line or something last yeah. night or something like that. Or, yeah. and it doesn't make any sense to me. He just scored the other game and now you're, you're, you're reduced. Same with Paling. I agree exactly with you. I was shocked with his minutes last night. Paling should be the second or third line center. Yeah. Guaranteed.
2: Yeah. And, I, I mean, how are you going like, when you keep shattering these guys' confidence, you saw it over and over again, you know, like a, Boyou uh, tonorty I mean these guys are still playing the NHL but they didn't you know they they sat them in the stands they played them eight minutes on the they sent them to the HL over and over again and and were impatient with them didn't let them develop properly and got rid of them like it it just it happened over and over again with, with under Bergman and and as far as I'm concerned, The GM and the scouting staff and the coaches all have to be on the same page. And I did not see that with with Bergema. It was, oh, no, I'm going to bring in these, uh, you know, sixth round, former sixth round draft picks to play instead of a top 50 pick. Yeah, and it just, you know, they work, They didn't have upside. They were never going to develop into top six players. But Kate kept doing that, kept doing that and not giving the opportunity to the guys I, I mean, all it does is up those players' value. If you, want, if you don't like them that much, still, you know, their point totals are going to be higher. They're going to have a higher asset value and trade them. But, you know, yeah, I mean, Rose on waivers, uh, Sherbach on waivers, like losing all these guys for nothing because they buried them, shattered their confidence, and then, you know, then lost them for nothing. And it just it happened over and over again. Uh, as much as I love it, version uh, as trades, uh, you, you know, there there has to be more than that. Uh, what I liked about Gordon was he uh, he did a true rebuild. Like um, New York had three first round draft picks, you know, when they said they're gonna do a rebuild, and I mean that to me is what needs to be done. Like I'd love to see the Canadians go into the draft this year with three first round draft picks you know, a couple of maybe three or four second round picks and do a true, you know, a true restock. Um, Yeah. They've taken a step back this year, but uh, you know, it was a rebuild and you're going to just like uh, Bergman when he first came into Montreal, did anyone expect them to go to the, you know, you look back at that roster. I mean, did anyone expect them to go to the conference finals right away? Yeah. Against Philly. I mean, That shouldn't have happened, but it did. And then the expectations are high the next year and they slide back. And you go, well, you know, what's he doing? And I think the same thing happened in New York, you know. It was good. It looked so promising that first year. And then uh, they slide back a bit and you say, oh, well, you know. Well, rebuilds take time. Sometimes you overachieve and then there's a slide back the next year. But two or three years down the road, New York Rangers are going to be a really good team. I mean getting Adam Fox was just a genius move as far as I'm concerned. And uh he made a lot of good moves. I really liked what he did, and I think they I think they ran out of patience because you know the, that fight where uh Wilson kind of ran roughshot over you know Panarin and then Uchnevich and uh The owner gets talking with Messi and all the guys that, you know, oh, yeah, we got to get tougher, this and that. And so they fired Gordon, you know, at the end of the year because because of that and because they didn't, they weren't instantly great. I think they were impatient and I think they shouldn't have fired him. And if Montreal gets him, I think that that's going to be one of the smartest moves that uh, Molson has made since uh, he, he bought the team again.
1: But can the fans and the media handle a proper rebuild in Montreal?
2: I don't think Here, it's gonna be. Yeah, I, I think it, it it's only gonna take one, you know. Uh sell off, I mean they can sell off five or six guys over the next month, month and a half, get a bunch of high draft picks, and uh, you know, if price is coming back and he's good and all that stuff, uh all the good young players, like there's you know, Gooley, Harris, uh, you name it. Those guys are going to improve the defense, like, in a hurry. Next year, they, they, Montreal's defense is going to be a lot better. Just next year alone. Two years from now, I think they'll, they'll have one of the more solid defenses in the league. There's some great young talent that's just a year away. Uh, if you can augment that with, uh, you know, a top-five pick it will probably be playing next year or certainly the year after, it's only going to take a year to turn this around. So there's a lot of good young pieces, you know, Suzuki and on and on, Caulfield. Uh, you augment them with uh, some good young talent, maybe get a good free agent, maybe swing a, an Adam Fox type trade if you can. This team, uh, well, I mean, last year they're in the cup finals, right? It, it doesn't take long to go from, uh, you know, the penthouse to the outhouse and back. I think it can. Uh, they can be back in the uh, a contender within a year, yeah. and and do a like a, have a lot of high draft picks in this draft, this one draft, and uh, all the good ones that are coming in. The future would look really bright, I think, and uh, I'm hoping that they they sell off a bunch of you know, you know. There's too many forwards that it just they don't make sense. There's too many guys. Uh, that the, the play the same kind of style a uh, little small still on the wing and stuff and like you know the Hoffmans and the Foley's and that uh at least one of those guys has got to go Sherrod's got to go maybe Petrie's got to go uh you, you can load up pretty good for the draft and, and I think they only need to do it for one year
0: now before we get to the draft you mentioned Harris earlier <clears throat> and he's kind of Montreal's uh Adam Fox. He's not, I'm not comparing him saying he's going to become a Norris winner in a couple of years, <clears throat> but he's a, uh, an NCAA soon to be UFA. You've talked to him a few times with uh, through recruits.ca shameless plug. Um, what, what's your expectation with him coming to Montreal?
2: I, I believe he, he has no intention of uh, signing elsewhere. Uh, he's a he's a solid solid kid not selfish very selfless from what i you know smart kid he wanted to go back to school get his degree um you know they they underachieved last year he was handed the captaincy which he took as a huge honor you know he returns he gets to be the captain um he's a loyal kid and i think that loyalty will extend to uh you know being loyal to the Canadians, the team that drafted him, that, that used an asset on him. And, um, you know, like he says, his mom is now a has fan. He's a has fan. Like, you know, I'll always talk, oh, well, he grew up in Boston, so he's going to go to Boston. Well, sometimes that happens, but it, it happens less than you think. Uh, I don't, I can't recall a Montreal Canadian draft pick that ever went back in the draft, you know. That was uh, college. that went the college route, and then didn't sign with the club. I've you know thought about it, looked at looked at the drafts, and I, I don't know that it's ever happened. Gordon, uh, you know, had success getting Fox there. Hopefully, uh, he'll have success getting uh, Harris convincing Harris to come. And uh, as things have turned out, there there's opportunity. Like Harris could Harris could play for the club. The end of this year and they might even give them a you know say look we guarantee you you know that often happens with these college guys well, you know we guarantee you that you're gonna you're gonna play with the club if you, if you sign with us and, and come in after the after the college season so I'm very confident that Harris is going to uh, sign with the Canadians
0: now you you brought up the draft and how this draft is a good one. Uh, to if you're gonna stumble, this is a good year to do it. So, why don't you give I us an bring, idea?
2: I didn't say that.
0: Well, I am.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. I disagree, actually.
0: <laughs> oh, really?
2: Yeah. Uh, it's happening again. I think every year, every year the Canadians end up with a top five pick. It's not a great draft. I don't see this as being a uh, 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 uh one of the better drafts. It's unfortunate, but, (laughs) I mean, if they get a top five pick, they're getting a good player, you know? Like Kakanyami for all the, you know, I mean, it's early. He's still top five in points from his draft class, and he probably will be when his career is over, you know? But it wasn't after the first two guys that they weren't superstars, and it might be the case again this year that they don't, like they're not getting McDavid this year, regardless of where they end up. Shane Wright's been overrated because he was a exceptional draft status and, and played early and all that. It's going to be a you know going to be a hell of a second line centerman. Might maybe a maybe a first line center, but franchise center. I don't see it. You know, um, I don't know that there's any franchise guys per se this year, but Kemo might be uh, might be a king. You know along those lines. So, but they have to get, get them right. Do they end up with a top three pick? Do they get Kemal? Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, you never say never, but I don't see franchise guys in this draft, but they can get a first liner, you know, if it, if it all turns out well, and, um, that would be, you know, they need a first line winger. They don't really have one, uh, Caulfield may become a first-line winger, but you look at the you look at who's in the organization, who's on the club. It's something that's been missing for a long time, and and I think Suzuki can be a first-line center, but he needs he needs a legitimate first-line winger on his side.
0: Now you've put out your uh, your early picks at recruits.ca on your draft guide. Who would fit that role for the Canadians?
2: First line winger? Yes. Well, either Kemmel or Mira Miroshenitsyn. Or however you pronounce it there. You had to, of course, ask. Okay? Uh, yep. Miro, the Russian kid.
0: The Russian kid. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> you, uh, you, you, you went against the projected picks that most people have been putting their lists out, their mock drafts. You changed you changed it a little bit. You went with someone different at number one. Who was that?
2: Kemel. Yeah, uh, that's the buzz in the uh, you know in the NHL that he's uh, number one till further notice. At, at this point, it might end up being Wright again. Uh, Wright had two goals and assists last night. He keeps you know he starts to fill the net and play like he's capable of playing. Then he can. He could still go first overall, but I think right now it's kind of a pick your poison. It's one or the other, but I think, uh, Kemmel has, uh, he has done stuff. That's just amazing. Um, goal a game in in the Finnish men's league at his age, it's never been done before. I mean, even Timo Solani wasn't scoring a goal a gate, uh, at, at that age in the, fin- in the, uh, FHL. So he's an exciting, exciting player. And, um, that, to me, is is what they need. They need the uh, Pasternak-type potential, uh, Kane-type potential winner. Whether he, you know, I mean, whether he becomes a franchise player, that's another. But you don't need, you know, you, you need three good first-line guys. They don't necessarily have to be franchise guys to, to win. And I think that's the missing piece right now, uh, along with uh, – you know, a franchise defenseman, of course, but I don't see any of those in this draft.
0: Now, how important is that World Juniors to opening up people's, uh, some people's eyes to these guys that you're mentioning?
2: Yeah, well, it, it'll certainly uh, get the, you know, the uh, wannabe scouts and the um, armchair scouts. Uh, you know, they'll they'll have a better idea after the. We'll, we'll see if Camel outplays Wright and if he does then people will start saying maybe Grant's right about that you know um maybe Wright has a fantastic uh, under under 20 and uh, Kemmel struggles and and they say that I'm full of full of crap but we'll uh the, that will be interesting that will be the real first litmus test for these guys top guys head-to-head and, that you know, the two Russians, too, Yurov and, and Miro, are, are very highly touted. Juracek, uh is probably the top-rated defenseman. He'll be there, too. So it'll be nice to see these guys head-to-head because, uh, especially this year, they, they haven't played head-to-head because of last year because there wasn't, you know, U-18s, um, Ivan Holenka and stuff. Montreal, uh, Canada hasn't been putting teams in. lot of these competitions so you're kind of guessing you know uh where these guys are head to head because they haven't played against each other much so i think it'll be important uh but you always uh it's only part of the process you certainly never just go by what happens at the world juniors as far as who's the best
1: now do you think uh going into this new season going into this draft and what we've talked about with developing that with maybe Gorton coming in and Bergevin going out do you think they need to overhaul their drafting and developing as well
2: well do I think Timmons is gonna lose his job uh
1: not necessarily but I mean
2: yeah, well, I mean, it's a distinct possibility. How many head scouts have uh, survived four GMs, you know? Um, True. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, yeah. I've told, I told him a week or two ago that he should update his resume, you know, because uh, it could be coming. I mean, uh, I, I don't uh, – I think the Mayu pick is, is may end up hurting, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, that might be what uh, what ways it uh, where they say, look, we got to move on here. Uh, I hope not, but for, from a personal standpoint, as a friend of mine, I almost think that he should get out of Montreal, you know. Uh, it's just been, I mean, uh, it's got to be tough. The, 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 the language, you know, the language issue with the picks all the time and all the criticisms about, uh, you know, not picking Quebec players and this and that, and the the pressure and how poorly he's drafted when it's not the case. People don't look deep into, you know, they don't compare it to other teams. They just look at the draft guys that that don't make it and assume that he's been horrible at drafting and it's not the case. Uh, He's, you know, he's been dragged over the coals, front page articles, uh, in the French papers and everything. And uh, honestly, uh, you know, there's a part of me that hopes that he moves on just, just for his own peace of mind, you know, um, if he stays, well, I think he's, I think he's one of the best in the business and he's, I mean, it took time, but he's got one of the better scouting staffs in the league now, you know, they're, they're pretty solid group and no one works harder than these guys. So, uh, Gordon, it's hard to say. I don't know how well they know each other. So usually a, a guy comes in like that, he'll bring in his own guys, you know. And One of the guys, I mentioned it today, was Daniel Doré, who uh, worked with Jeff in in Boston and in New York. Uh, you know, I've gotten to know Daniel pretty well. He's, he's a super guy, you know, good scout. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like that gets brought in now, whether it's to replace Trevor or not. I don't know, but yeah that's all up in the air now I you know I can't say one way or another whether I think Trevor is going to keep his job I would lean towards that he's probably not going to keep his job but uh I'm I'm hoping he does and uh we'll we'll see what happens
1: my speculation with Gordon is he's going to come in and just clean house and bring in all his own people do his own um I mean I wrote an article on Trevor Timmons I mean it wasn't I mean, I know you're you're big on him. I, I just said he was an average. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't terrible at driving. I have him as around average or above average. Uh, but I didn't really base it on. I also say in the article that you have to take the draft as the year the draft happened, not five years later, because there's a lot of guys. And I've seen a chart on Tim and saying this guy was drafted exactly where he's supposed to be, like say Sherbeck, right? He was He was scouted at to be at, I forget what number he was picked at. And another thing I found interesting when researched it, during his 17, 18 years with the Canadians, the Canadians averaged 19th place in drafting. So it, it's not like he had a handful of top 10 or top five picks to, I mean, he only had three, three top five picks in the whole time he was there in 17 years. So it's hard to like you say, if you don't know how the draft works, you don't know how it is i mean as i wrote the article i learned more and really i'm kind of conflicted with the article i wrote but um you if you don't if you're not there and you don't know like you say oh he's terrible at drafting well when you're drafting above 20 80 of the time it's a bit of a crapshoot i mean am i wrong
2: he very few of his picks you could say well you know uh um even the first rounders were, were terrible value when you, when you evaluate them down the road. Louis LeBlanc would end up, you know, Kostitson, those two guys, I guess, really, uh, and Fisher. Uh, those three picks were, you know, ended up not being good ones. But, I mean, out of 18 years, <laughs> and uh, what, Fisher was 20th overall in a horrible draft. So even then, like if you look at, you know, well, they could have had Mark Matera instead or something, you know, that was a better pick. Well, Mark Matera never made it either, you know. Um, so the tendency is in, in, in years where he didn't make a great pick, like the LeBlanc drafts another one. Um, I know personally, because I was, you know, I was on the staff at the time, uh, part time, he liked Kreider a lot. And if it, if there hadn't been the, you know, if it hadn't been in Montreal, uh, the pressure of picking the French Canadian guy, I, I'm pretty sure that was his guy, you know? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff, it you know, uh, circumstances, a lot of stuff we don't know about that, that happened. And, uh, you know, it's funny, uh, the years that they traded away picks too, like, um, I know he loved John Carlson, and I without a doubt, if they wouldn't have traded for Tangay that year, John Carlson was was the Habs pick. And uh, same thing with Adam Fox. He thought he was a first-rounder. I ranked him in the first round. Trevor thought he was a first-rounder. Montreal had the 39th and 44th pick. They were taking Fox if they hadn't traded those two picks for uh, – for, uh, Shaw, you know, these are circumstances that are out of his control, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, Pasternak, there, there's no way they pass on Pasternak if uh, Boston doesn't pick him with the 25th pick. You know, Montreal was next and they picked Sherbuck. It's funny at the time, you know, I used to go on HF boards and that. And he was getting all the criticism for taking the guys with no upside like McCarran and, and Tenori and, and to a certain extent justifiably. Uh, people love that pick. Oh yeah, he's got he's the guy with the upside at that point. Such a great pick. And uh now, you know, of course, it's easy to go back It's, oh wow, terrible pick, you know. <laughs> um, but again, you look at the draft, 26th overall. You look at other guys that were picked in the next 30 picks or whatever, uh slim pickings, you know. So There's a lot, when you study, you have to look at other teams, Um, you have to look at draft position, as as you said, Uh, strength of the draft, you know, I I, I did a couple of of, uh, extensive draft studies uh, through the years, and I was surprised but Timmons, in just about every category, uh, still ended up top 10 as far as the drafting efficiency goes, even in in the lean years, so uh, between two and eight eight and two thousand eleven, I believe he had something like three top fifty picks you know um, there's an example of well geez, why didn't he you know they didn't draft too many good players that it went on. well he, if you don't have the ammunition you know you're not getting it in the last four years changed his philosophy and, and brought in extra picks, lots of top ninety picks. And I mean, we haven't seen it yet because the drafts were, you know, the last four years. But there's a ton of players that I think are going to play in the NHL that uh, Timmons drafted in the last four years. That you know, four or five do- years down the road, we're going to say, "Geez, he, you know, he really did a good job of drafting." But you can't, you can't prove that now because you got to wait, you know. So, yeah. You know, he, he had his misses, and, and but every frigging team. You know, uh, Tampa Bay gets lauded for, you know, uh, uh, and they should for getting Kucherov and uh, Point and uh, Sorelli with picks out, outside of the top 50, you know. But they picked Brett Connolly 6th overall. They picked Slater Cuckoo 10th overall. They picked Cal Foot, 13th overall. They had their misses too. You know, so it's it's uh, the beauty of drafting seventeen year old kids. It's just such a crapshoot.
0: Yeah, they they had hits with uh, with point in the later rounds, Kucherov, like you mentioned, but then they also had Stamkos and Hedman, two anchors yeah. for uh, for a quality team.
1: Exactly. Yeah, but they were guaranteed picks at the time they picked them. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. Exactly. So I mean, it's not like I mean, if you passed on Stamkos, then you're just an idiot.
2: And I mean, Iserman, Iserman uh, inherited them. You know, Iserman gets put up on this lofty perch, but uh, you know, if Bergevin had inherited Hedman and Stamkos, you know, he'd look like a lot smarter GM in the past decade than than he than he did as well. You know,
0: well, you look at Tampa Bay. They they for several years under Iserman, they'd have a really good season, then they'd have an absolute terrible season where they had, they ended up with a very high pick. So. They'd yeah. fall back. They'd get that top three pick. They'd add that player to their stable. They'd play again, do well, back down, up, down for about eight years. And that's that's the and, team and that was handed gonna, to Griswold.
2: And what's going to happen with Montreal here, you know? Stanley Cup final to potentially a top five pick? Yeah. For the future, you know, you know yeah, it sucks for this year, but you couldn't have, ask for a better scenario, you know? As far as uh, building for the future, maybe it's almost a blessing in a sense. Like I hope they do end up with a top five pick. Uh, it can be re. It can be re. Especially with the parity in you Montreal could be back in the frigging Cup Finals within two years after finishing bottom three. It's a very distinct possibility. So yeah, I yeah exactly. Tampa, you know, they fluctuated like that for him. And it actually was a good thing, you know. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna be a contender, you, you, you're best off to, to really suck. You know, <laughs> it's one or the other. It's that yeah. it's it's when you're in the middle there, the treadmill teams, you know, it, it, where it's really hard to, because you're not getting a superstar with the 15th pick overall very often. Uh, you, you're just kind of treading water.
0: And, and that's that's exactly it. You're not gonna get a Mike Bossy at 15. That, that's very rare
2: mm, he, he, right they did but yeah it, yeah
0: it, it happened once I don't see it <laughs> yeah, happening again yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah that's but right
0: that, and that's that's just it you got and again uh, you got,
2: yeah was Pollock an idiot no no well no but oh he took Napier instead of uh you know Mike Bossy so does that mean he was an idiot like yes you know no one has ever <laughs> said that right because, because he won, what, 100 cups in five years or something? So, but, but, you know, it's just an example of even the most, you know, heralded GMs and scouts in, in the NHL history screwed up at the draft. It, it, everyone does it. It humbles a man in, in a hurry, or at least it should.
0: The, the one area of a team, though, to, that would really fix some of those misses. And I think, I don't think in the, well, in the next four years, we're going to see all these picks that Timmons had made in the last four years start to really step up. And then people are going to look back and say, wow, I guess he didn't suck. I but I think so. that the area that they really need to focus on is the development. And I think someone like Jeff Gordon would be ideally suited to kind of revamp the Canadians development program.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know, and I hope bring in coaches that are on the same page with them. You know, I really think the three, the coaching, the management and the scouting, they have to be on the same page because it just, it, it always seemed like that that wasn't happening with Bergevin, you know, Um, he didn't trust that uh, even give guys opportunities they they make the evaluation in camp that this guy's not good enough without ever giving him, you know, NHL opportunity. Sometimes you can be surprised. Sometimes you can't, you don't figure it out in practice. You're you're a coach, Blade. Right? Like it, it, there have been guys that, you know, you train in camp or whatever, and you're like, nah, nah, nah. but then they played the a game and you know, you change your your mind on your evaluation of them. I mean, it happens. Yeah. I that
1: happened to Paling, I think, this year before he. uh, I thought he had a good camp. I thought he played a good, uh, he wasn't flashy, he wasn't uh, fancy, but he was winning his face offs, he was winning board battles, he was doing his job. And they put him down, and and they needed a center, but they put him down because they had Paquette and Perot.
2: Right. And, and I mean, you had to appease uh, Bergerman, those those were guys he signed, so can't, you know. Uh, I don't know, you know, they, they need a GM with smaller biceps, you know, so they're not intimidated by, by the well, three agents that they bring well, Tim and in. Well, Timon shouldn't so, be intimidated. So, yeah. Yeah. So you're out You're you know, you're out of the picture there, guys. Right? You're not going to be the guy that they, that they I'm working on with. it. I'm working on it.
0: <laughs> You've been looking at these uh, shirtless selfies on Instagram, have you? <laughs>
2: Constantly.
1: <laughs> they need, need they help. need a if you are you need help grant
2: <laughs> i'm not i'm not what is instagram is that a is that a website
0: you don't well, want I'm to know instagram. no
2: no i'm not on instagram so unfortunately no i haven't seen them you're lucky yeah.
0: no they need uh they need someone who's doing more cardio than uh, weight lifting just to get to, <laughs> to outrun the gm
2: yeah yeah well, it doesn't look like who's, who's been doing a pile of cardio. So, yeah. Anyway.
0: You, you, yeah, <laughs> probably not. Now, Treg, you had another, another point. Uh, I was just going to
1: say, I'm just going to re I said it before. I'm just, I'm just very surprised that Ducharme is not uh, playing more. Uh, the younger guys up higher. I, I thought he was going to be a difference maker from Julian and Terrian Uh <laughs> I starting to think now maybe it's more pressure from the GM than it is more his coaching style. Maybe he's just coaching to what the GM wants him to coach. I mean, I've coached lacrosse for twenty years. So I haven't coached much hockey, but even I know a guy like Norlander or Niku or some or even Romanov should be on the power play before a guy like Charot. And yeah. uh, I mean Romanov's been there. I mean mind you, Romanov's getting big minutes. He's third or fourth every night in minutes. But why isn't he not? Why didn't they give him a try on the power play? It's not like he has no offense whatsoever. Uh, he can move the puck, he can skate. Like, give him some. Yeah. If you're not going to give it to Norlander or Niku or someone like that, who I think is someone they brought in to, for their puck moving and their power play use, uh, then what's the point? Like, is it showcasing maybe?
0: Maybe they're showcasing. Maybe.
1: I just thought of that too, Blaine. I thought maybe they're just showcasing. But why showcase Sharada on the power play? You would never. He doesn't
0: do the power
2: play. (laughs) 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 That'd be the last thing I'd be doing. Yeah, Give
0: him a little extra space, maybe to move around, make him look faster.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, mean, Petrie Petrie has two points on the season and it's obvious. I think it's still his finger from getting it stuck in the uh, photographer's thing, but he can't shoot right now. So he can't shoot and he can't pass either. Apparently. Uh, What's he doing on the power play? You know, um, you don't. It's like, well, we got to go with guys who we hope will, uh, you know, do something. Not guys who who should do something. I just, yeah, I don't. I I, I watched Norlander for two years, uh, running the power play on a professional team in Sweden, a very good one, at the first power play option, and a very good one, like he. He is a great passer. He's he's very good feet, good lateral mobility on the blue line. Charot's not that, you know. Charot's not going to uh, find the uh, passing lane and, and and the great pass. I don't get it. Uh, you know, uh, Stu Cowan mentioned. He said, "Well, you know, he wants to win." Well, it doesn't seem like he wants to win. If he wants to win, he should use the best power play option, not the. It's he's not there to just appease the vets. And when you're five and fifteen, for the life of me, I don't understand why you don't try different things. You know, Sharat uh, it, 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 and Petri aren't aren't getting it done. No. You've got a kid with all sorts of, you know, that's his bread and butter is his power play, and they what he gets ten seconds a night in power play. It's just it, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well, only oh, in
1: the gets game about against 40 Pittsburgh, forty
0: seconds in the game period. But, yeah and well, in the game yeah. against Pittsburgh he got just under 10 minutes ice time in that yeah. time he got an assist a nice one and, and saved, saved a
2: goal uh, uh, <laughs> so you, yeah, yes that was a great tweet by you and I you know I I agreed 100 I may even have pressed like on that one which is rare with with your with your stuff.
0: oh you unblocked me <laughs> <laughs> uh, my condolences then
1: yeah, <laughs> he doesn't even follow me Blaine so don't even worry about it
0: <laughs> yeah but you just you're on you're online to troll you're just a troll Treg
1: you troll everyone. troll. And I just put out things that uh just to see what people's reactions will be like the whole
2: yeah.
1: horrible, the whole French yeah. GM thing <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. You, you you get my blood boiling sometimes Treg so I guess I have to <laughs> I have to take you in small doses it's nothing personal
1: now my wife does the same thing <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Now we got another another section to go to but before we move on to that uh, that next uh, next segment I want to thank Boxing Rock Brewing out of Shelburne Nova Scotia for their sponsorship of the show with their wonderful Puck Off lagered Ale. It's a delicious ale and according to local folklore Boxing Rock is where bickering seamen were left by their captain to sort out their differences. Ch- the choice box until only one could return to the ship or shake hands and share a beer. Either way, there are only a few short hours until high tide. We say drink up. And as a sailor who may have been boxed a few times in the ears, I agree. Just have a beer.
2: Abs are driving us all to drink there these days, Blaine.
0: <laughs> and thanks to Boxing Rock, I don't have to pay for too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> now obviously this weekend there's quite a bit of stuff that's gone on we've been talking about jeff gorton drafting development all because of these front office changes and um one of the one of the little quirks that i was picking up on in this whole thing was that scott melenby quit because he wasn't given the opportunity to take on this role and um bergevin seemed to be surprised by this so clearly molson's going a different direction and um i don't know this to me this is uh, it's it's good news it's good news that the canadians are trying to modernize now Treg, what what are your thoughts on this whole thing with mellonby with the new oh and by the way they did not talk to patrick wath jeff Mayer confirmed it and dear God, please don't talk to Patrick Cadois. <laughs> uh
1: it was interesting because I read, I'm trying to find a tweet now. One of the French uh francophone uh reporters reported that uh apparently uh Mark Bergevin recommended Scott Mellonby as one of his replacements to manage. Yeah, that
0: was that was Louis Jean. Louis Yeah. And uh
1: Apparently Mark found out over social media that they were talking to Gordon. And I don't know. I don't know how true this is. It's just, like I said, I just read it on the, and he was hurt by it or whatever. Uh, but I, I would assume to know that Bergvin knows, you know, Molson's probably moving some way. At least he does now. But. Uh, uh, I, I, I think if you're going to start new, then I don't think you're going to want to have someone who was already in the organization already working with Bergevin already under the same, you know, it's like hiring Julian to replace Terrian. You're getting the same coach. You know what I mean? You're probably going to get, I mean, I don't know if Mellon B would have changed things, uh, but I can understand why Molson saying, no, I want people from the outside. I want new uh, you know, a new set of eyes, a new vision, a new personnel in place uh and so like instead i said of I, just
0: change for change's sake you're doing actual just, change oh well,
1: yeah using one of bergevin's favorite lines i'm not going to make a move to make a move um yeah you know uh <clears throat> i think i think that's a good i think it's a good plan i mean i i don't mind melanie i never i thought melanie was a pretty good agm he deal, dealt with all the laval signings i believe and bringing the building the laval team the uh the free agents and that this um, past year yeah this past year so you know, he he's gone and I, I respect him resigning. You know, you you're, you're in line for a job as the, the big guy and you don't get it. And like, what's the point of staying around? Like if you've hired someone new, I'm probably gone anyway. So instead of waiting just to get fired, I might as well just put my resignation in now and see where I can go. Uh, so nothing, I, I no grudge against Melanie for doing that. I don't blame him one bit. Um, but I mean, I've been kind of updating my Twitter since we've been chatting to see if there's any word on what's going on. I uh, will probably find out midnight tonight, but uh, uh, I think with Gordon coming in, that was the right move. Mel to resign because I, I, I would truly believe he's going to do, he's just going to replace everybody and bring his own staff in. So
0: Well, you, you didn't find the Molson doing this to be somewhat um, unloyal or disloyal?
1: Uh, I don't know if, anyone new or not i don't find it to be unloyal at all molson owns the team no. if he if you know you want loyalty by a dog is that the is that the line <laughs> you're looking for there blake
0: I, w- I was setting it up i was <laughs> i put it up there up on the pedestal easy spike
2: uh well bergeman said it right
0: yeah right he said that a little so, Markov, i think it was so
2: yeah yeah can i weigh in here or? yes well, yeah go ahead, go, ahead. go ahead oh you were you go ahead Trech you have something else
1: oh no i was just going to say like uh <clears throat> I just what shocked me is the fact that Molson's been quiet for ever since he <laughs> came out since he came out and said yeah sorry for drafting Logan Mayu he hasn't said a word hasn't done anything no one's even seen him and then all of a sudden Saturday he's hiring a whole new staff so I just mm-hmm. find it really weird that it was complete silence until yesterday
2: <laughs> well I don't think it's the type of thing that you you put out in public you know
1: no no I,
2: request, I agree you know it's like the GM, like I, I tweeted there, uh, like GMs aren't going to their players and saying, we're, we're shopping you around too often, you know? So why should the owner go to the GM and say, we're looking for your replacement, you know, especially if you don't find him, then it looks pretty stupid, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you know, the guy's going to be pretty disgruntled, you know? Um, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, I understand why he's kept it uh, low-key and not you know and not told Bergeron about it or whatever I, that's the way to do it I believe um and yeah I mean Bergeron knows that it's a business and you know you want Lowell to get a dog and that I mean from what I'm reading and understanding is he didn't you know he didn't uh it was Bergeron's decision not to not to sign again so
1: yeah, yeah. He, he had a contract yeah. that he didn't sign but uh, no no reasons were given why he didn't sign
2: but well i mean yeah why can he? What you know like louis Jean was saying he's hurt well okay what you the know, hell did he that, expect that yeah. it came out on twitter well okay i mean you know there's lots of good hockey guys in there that get these scoops you know dragger and all those guys you know sooner or later that the, the word leaks out and uh and there's nothing you can do about it. I don't think uh, Molson had to handle it any differently. You know, I think he has to do this. I've, I've defended Virginia for ten years, but um, it's time for a change. You know, I agree.
1: I, I'm I'm the same way. I was a big Virgil defender. I don't think he was a bad GM for the ten years he was there. No, uh, but I totally agree. It's time for a new set of eyes. It's time for a new yeah. new vision.
0: Well, he took yeah. a shot. He got to the Stanley Cup final and. Absolutely. And that was great. It was a great run, but now what?
2: And I think, you know, he's done a great job. I, I've posted more than once, like the, the organizational depth chart when he took over was abysmal. And now it, you know, it, it looks good. So, he, I mean, he's, he's done his job to a certain degree, but the philosophies, he, he hasn't hired a good coach as far as I'm concerned. He's he, like, he's dropped the ball on that and every time he, uh, he gets defensemen that are in his image. Like, I don't know, he. it's like he wants six Mark Bergevans on the blue line, you know. It worked for one playoff run, but to think that that, you know, especially in the regular season, that's going to bring you success, you know. Oh, we'll just have Ben Sherratt and uh, whoever on the power play will be fine. Well, no, you know. It, it, in 10 years, how many puck-moving defensemen that can also defend did he... Did he acquire, you know, they're coming from, thanks to the draft, but I mean, you know, Douglas Murray, uh, David Schlemko, Carl Osner, David Savard, you know, on and on. And and to get it back to Mellonby, I'm glad he's not the GM because I have not been overly impressed with the pro scouting, you know, Uh, like Savard, Paquette and Pearl, you know. Uh, did they scout these guys at the end of the year? Or did they look at video from five years ago, or, you know? Was um, it a political
0: it, move because of the language issue?
2: Is what a political move?
0: Bringing in Pocket, Pedro, Saval.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. You know, that's part of it, I think. They, they There was probably a mandate from Molson to bring in, you know, bring in some French Canadian, yeah. but. Uh, yeah I wouldn't have like they went gung-ho and how many like I mean Trois-Rivière I think every player that they signed for Trois-Rivière was uh, Quebecois you know uh, how are they going to adapt to English is the language of, of of hockey how are if all these kids are all comfortable and they're all talking to each other French all the time and they're not practicing their French how does how do they develop into NHLers by being in that in, protected shielded environment like I, I i agree with getting a few french canadians and uh, appeasing the uh the fan base and stuff but to go that far overboard like i think 18 of the 22 players on are, are quebecois like you didn't have to you like the, you know get the best players and, and and mix in best french canadians that you can get but don't just you know Completely go one way with it. I, I just think that they, for whatever reasons, it was Legault criticizing them on on, on social media was just uh, horrible, and they had to they really overcompensated for it. You know, you got to find a fine uh, a middle a middle ground with that. I, I agree with getting. I think it's a good idea to get good French Canadian players, but just. Getting them for the sake of getting them, uh, I don't think it's the right philosophy either. So, but with Gordon in there, uh, I, you know, I don't think that there's going to be, a, you know, there's not going to be a strong nationalistic, uh, you know, we got to get the best Quebecers because he's not, he's not a Quebecois, so he, he's going to want the best players, and it will be interesting to see his philosophy on GM and coaches too, whether, you know. It is is Molson going to mandate it? It has to be a French Canadian GM. It has to be a French Canadian head coach. We'll see. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be part of the discussions. I would love to be a fly on the wall for their meetings, for see how they're going with that. Whether Gordon says, "Look, you know, uh, I want to, I want to have the ability to, uh, if not one or both, but at least one, to at least consider it being English." And we'll see. I mean, that'll be a whole new topic to, but, you know, I really, truly believe, I think, I understand the head coach at French-Canadian, because every day they're speaking to the media. You know, the fans want the sound bites. They want to, you know, but, but a GM who maybe speaks once a month in a press conference where you could bring in a translator, you know, I want the best GM, but from reports and what I'm hearing is it's probably going to be a French Canadian that Gordon can tutor, show the ropes, you know, uh, bring him along. Uh, that seems to be that's what Elliot. I I I exchanged a few uh, DMs with Elliot over the last day, and he's you know he thinks that that's what's happening, and and so do other people that that are close to the situation. Uh, seem to think that that's probably what happens
1: so definitely patrick Wall.
2: no <laughs> no <laughs> I, I i i would i'd guess darish you know someone yeah. like darish madden would probably be... madden who madden jr there over in maybe Island. yeah yeah someone was saying he's not french uh
1: well, i'm pretty sure he is
2: yeah, i think he, he is. is a francophone yeah, yeah i yeah, thought I so think he is uh, His dad was the so.
0: GM for the Nordiques. Yeah. Probably,
2: yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, no. Uh, and we know
0: they only hire the Francophones there.
2: He wouldn't even be. Yeah. Nobody'd be bringing them, bringing up Madden's name all the time unless he was. So, yeah. Yeah. That did surprised surprise me. I, I was, I didn't think that was right. Um, yeah. Madden's a possibility. Derish, uh, you know, there's a few, uh, but it, it, yeah. it's, 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 it's a few. I, yeah. I wish I really wish that it wasn't, you know. Uh, and none of those guys overly excites me, to be honest with you. You know, there's no French Canadian candidate that I think is just, oh, we gotta have him. You know, I liked Bergevin, the higher. I liked that at the time. I thought that was a good one, but I don't see a a fledgling Bergevin right now to, to scoop up. Uh, m- maybe there's someone that, you know in the queue that. That 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 you know they surprise with somebody that that's been GM in the in the queue for the last few years. Uh, um, I wish it was return return, but you know that that boat has sailed yeah. with him. Uh,
1: Gosselin Tebow is doing a good job of Sherbrooke as GM down there.
2: Yeah, just there you yeah, go.
1: just a name I'm bringing. I'm not saying he'd be a good NHL GM, but there's a. And,
2: and the last time he was brought in, it, it went it went fantastic wasn't it? it when when he got traded for patrick Roth, That
0: <laughs> yeah that
2: went smooth as-
0: they went to like three cups it was amazing <laughs> yeah. um uh, maybe maybe this whole thing is just a shell game they'll bring in someone who speaks french uh, you know to be tutored by gordon but jeff gordon is the pick for the team he's really well, in charge
2: that's right that's a face as you, yeah. you know is, yeah. is how it was said to me and uh, you know that that's a possibility and then that you know that appeases the you know the, the media to a certain degree. Well, okay, well he's not GM, so we can't complain that much. We don't interview him all the time, you know. Yeah. But like presidents aren't in front of the camera that often, so yeah, you know that that's the other possibility where he he tutors him and and uh, yeah, much like uh, Breesbois, I guess you know really in yeah. Tampa, right? Uh, but I mean, he didn't have the GM title; Osman did. But yeah, I mean, titles are titles, right? You, 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 you take them with a grain of salt. Uh, exactly. So uh, yeah, I do. I think that he's going to be pretty hands-on if he ends up being the the um, president of hockey operations. All
0: right. So final thoughts. Uh, we'll try Thank to let gosh. you go first.
2: Finally, final Finally. thoughts. This 35, uh, this 35 minute uh, interview got stretched again eh
0: Well I I mean <laughs> I, I try to try to lowball with the times that way I don't disappoint people you know
2: well it's been it, so enjoyable that I, I, you know I wish you could go two hours actually Wayne, but <laughs> carry on
0: Sound like my wife
2: oh. She's never said that <laughs> right
1: right uh but i i think uh we're we're in the uh the uh twilight of a new regime coming into montreal i think molson's gonna clean house my final thoughts on it i think it's time molson uh bergevin's 10 years had its up and downs i don't think it was a bad 10 years i don't think he was a bad gm i i, I like i said earlier i supported him uh but i think it's time for new eyes i think it's time for a new direction uh i agree we have to get sp- faster the defense has to be a b- better offensively uh, than what they have now and things got to change um, i do believe DeSharm will stay until the end of the season no matter who comes in uh, i don't see any point in hiring a third co- paying a third coach just to stumble through the season to the end anyway um and let's just hope the new whoever comes in new prepares the team for the off season and for the uh the next year I mean, that's my final thoughts on it.
2: Bring in, bring in Cunningworth for the rest of the year. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I mean, the tank the tank should be on, and uh, who better to be uh, captain in the tank than Ducharme at this point? Get uh, sh- Sherratt and per- Petrie out on the power play, and, you know, he's doing, with, without even trying to, he's doing a great job of, uh, of uh, captain in the tank you know, here right now. So, Sure. Keep him on board.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, uh, I mean, I agree with you guys. Ducharme's staying, and he seems to be doing a great job. <laughs> well <laughs> He'll Get that top five pick for sure. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of
1: Ducharme going back to last year. So before anyone says it, and you can ask, playing before anyone says, you know, I'm just saying it because he's like, I wasn't a big fan of Ducharme. I wanted Bouchard, but
2: oh, I wanted Andre Tournier, but anyway.
1: Well, wow, yeah, he he would have been a great pick. He was in yeah. Manitoba, I think, last year, was he not?
2: Tourney? He was doing nothing last year. He was waiting to Team for the OHL season to oh, start. Right, You're right. Ottawa sixty yeah. sevens, and they That's never right. played. Yeah. Yeah. No, he. Uh, I think they missed the boat on, on Tour and uh, You know, again, it, it, it for me that was Bersin. Okay, I was he still is GM? I'll say that is his biggest uh, failing. Is was hiring coaches. I really don't think he, uh, he did a good job of that at all.
0: Yeah. He seemed to hire coaches that, uh, with personalities that he liked to have when he was playing.
2: Yeah. And, and, and to bring up the point that, uh, Therese had mentioned about, you know, Melanie more of the same thing. Well, when you, when you hired Ducharme, you know, uh, who did he get tutored under, uh, you know, for two uh, years in Julian. Julian. Yeah, and, and how has he ended up? He's repeated the same mistakes. Yeah, you know, yeah. vets play the vets, uh, appease the the you know biceps Pershinga. Uh, he brings in like Alex Hemsky, put him on the first line, to start the season. You know, Mark Strike, put him on the power play. Oh no, he can't skate anymore. But biceps bergema brought him in. I gotta gotta please him. You know. It just—it's been over and over and over again for ten years. It's enough's enough. Uh, you know, uh, it's time to move on.
0: So what you're saying is, old and can't skate, Bergvain might give him a chance. So you're saying, yeah. I—this is my pop last fan. opportunity.
2: Yes, yes.
1: You better get in there within the next like day or two, Blaine.
0: Well, finally I better drive because if I skated there, I'd never make it.
2: Finally, get a pot found. The Canadian's defense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can't wear number five though it's retired it's mm,
2: true
1: 55
0: oh Pazetta. no Pazetta. i'm not fighting I'll really just... <laughs> yeah
2: fight reese first and then yeah we'll see how you do yeah,
0: yeah uh just uh i'll just write my will before i do that <laughs> yeah. just bite him like clone son did last night <laughs> oh. yeah i would never bite the hand that feeds me <laughs> all right so i'd like to thank uh thank you grant for coming on the show and uh talking about all this uh this really heavy packed news cycle that we're in uh why don't you just give my listeners a quick idea of where to find you and your work
2: oh you can't find me anywhere i'm not saying where I, like you won't say where online. i live and...
0: online no online oh yeah. okay yeah
2: okay no uh Oh, you'll find me on Twitter 24-7, especially right now. I know know the Leaf fans love you. They do. They do. They do. Uh, Yeah. I I think I've muted and blocked, you know, every one of them so far. But they keep popping up. They come out of the woodwork. Um, Yeah. You can find me on Twitter and that'll direct you to articles and, you know, I, I'm always stating my opinions on there and, uh, uh, it's fun. I, in fact, I'm, you know, the minute that I get off here, I'm going on Twitter to, you know, right now is really a bad time to be, uh, to be away from Twitter, but anything for you, Blaine.
0: Much appreciated. I know Treg will be jumping right on Twitter to stir the pot again. Cause you know, <laughs> he's a troll. I already did my tweet for the day. That's, that's what I've been told. Treg's just a troll. Like, yeah, that's why do we love him. Come on. Uh, I just want to thank everybody, uh, all our listeners, for continually checking in with us, listening, interacting with us, sending us ideas, sending us uh, strange DMs. Um, Vinny, please stop sending those pictures. It's getting really creepy. Um, but I, I want to thank everyone for listening. And remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. EBS Unfiltered has special sponsors. Uh, go to seatgiant.ca to save 35% on all your fees when purchasing tickets to NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball, concerts, whatever event SeatGiant sells. Use the code unfiltered20. Save 35% on your fees. Go to builtbar.ca and save 10% using the code unfiltered20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle and use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life. Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. And for a special promo until Christmas, Habs Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514 Shirts. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. Vets Canada does work to end veterans homelessness across Canada. So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Cundall, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.